It's the Tiltcast, episode 439, Nostalgia Row. Mm-hmm. And this week, guys, we talk Ghost of Tsushima, <laughs> Path of Exile, and <laughs> XCOM 2. Stay tuned. It's it's Chris Cordell. Fuck you. Ah. What the? Hey, we're the Tiltcast. <laughs> what is up guys it oh. is uh friday the 16th at 9 37 p.m and we are an m-rated show <laughs> just gonna say what the fuck jason <laughs> i'm nas uh, i'm jason i'm rusty we are joined by mr harry potter <laughs> oh it's you. uh professor uh <laughs> Professor. Professor Harry Potter. <laughs> uh, just to the uninitiated, we are a gaming-centric show that deals in about 30 minutes of bullshit. Some bullshit. Games, some games with some news. Um, Jason's wearing... Jason caught me off guard with the glasses. i just not used to seeing him in glasses. And so, horn rim ones at that that are round. They're... they're Oh my god! I, I, I couldn't stop. I was holding it in. You can wear glasses, <laughs> but I just wasn't prepared. So, with the uh, oh. w- with the frequency of my migraines <laughs> increasing over the last couple months, mm-hmm. um, you decided to look into seeing my, if you have eye strain. My wife has decided that I need to be wearing. Screen glasses. Screen glasses. Is that all those so, are? So, yeah. Those are blue this blockers. This is no magnification. Blue blockers. That's the, all they the, are. All they are is blue blockers. You had to go full on Harry Potter with them? They I came, mean... They, I mean came, they came through her store. I did not get to choose the frames. <laughs> <laughs> are you wearing these at work? Yes. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh man, to to the one of us that actually gets to work in public more often than the rest of us. Yeah, oh, I, I. Wait, hold I, on a second. I can almost see the lightning bolt scar. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I you know, the, the, when I I'm the only one my... that has his birthday though. Yeah, <laughs> I have. When I when I, I picked out before. my glasses, I I made for one hundred percent sure that they were yeah. not going to now, be like that. No, you got yours as invisible as possible. Yes, now because I, that was the way. I have another pair for full on migraine days. You need sunglasses, <laughs> right? It, they basically are. They block sixty percent of blue light. So they are full yellow tint. Oh, God. That would cause more migraines um, for me, just I from the you, color. You ought to just try welding glasses. And they're... <laughs> right? <laughs> too dark, unfortunately. Go, go full-on fucking steampunk. Been there, Goggles. tried that. Um, <laughs> they're great in the desert. But, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, when raiding cars? Yeah. <laughs> for gasoline? <laughs> they and chicks. They will make, and chicks and chicks. Uh, wearing those inside will tire your eyes a shit ton faster. I figured that out. 
You know what doesn't tire your eyes? Wearing those fucking dark-ass fucking glasses and just closing your eyes afterwards. You know, just full-on sleeping. Nobody knows. Full-on sleeping's good. (laughs) Full-on sleeping's good when you don't have to be doing, you know, 12 different tasks. Oh, that's that's just... Hey, you know, I did... Responsible of you. (laughs) The one adulting thing I did this week that is to your benefit is I was starting to get seasonal migraines. Oh, yeah. Because of the we our weather starts to change finally in October and finally you know it's the first day I haven't run the AC except for right now because I like it really crisp in here when we're doing our show and I can't open the window when we we're gotta, recording we got to be crispy <laughs> got to be crispy it's three grown dudes in a small room it gets quite hot in here yeah it's like a it's like a well, humidor I mean we do have we a do humidor have a cinnamon ass. <laughs> We do have the equivalent of uh, additional R15 insulation on the walls. That and we're running a fucking machine and fucking all all the recording equipment on the small little fucking sec dungeon. <clears throat> well, I I remembered that I had ordered new filters for the air vents. Oh, yeah? My migraines were starting to pick up earlier this week. Like, I was getting sick on Monday and I didn't want to be sick because I really wanted a game. It's like, fuck, I haven't changed the damn filters. I'm going to change filters. You, yeah. Five minutes later. Perfectly fine. I'm cleared up. I was like, yep. yeah, allergies. Yeah. I had the same problem. I went out, got some, you know, some, a new filter. Because the filters that, uh, if you live in an apartment, Well, you with know all this. the fucking COVID shit, like, you can't get the really good filters because they're always sold out. But if you can at least get the allergen blocking filters, that helps. That's that's the thing. The stuff that you get from uh, from an apartment is like the bare basic fucking like it, it filters fil- out flies. It, it's pretty much it. Uh, you know, it doesn't filter anything at all. It's, it's like just, a fine mesh screen. It really is. It's just it's terrible. Uh, all it is is to prevent the you know what bigger dust particulates there are from gumming up whatever's in you know in the ac well i uh i went in and got picked uh, got some decent allergen blocker ones and put that in there and it, it cleared me up immediately almost it was it was a a much bigger deal well it was me. also like my fifth straight day of taking claritin and that drives me out and like we were gaming the other day and i just drinking a glass of water about every 30 minutes yeah I just kept having to pee over and over again. Yeah. Fucking drives me the fuck out. Yeah. We need to game again because, you know, we we can this week. I actually can. I I could game tomorrow night. Yes. Good. Um, because, you know, I could do that now. Um for a week. Uh <laughs> so um I, I I needed a sanity break. So I'm uh, I took myself a sanity week. Yeah, it's been really nice. Like, I don't have, I don't have like anything abnormal going on at work, like I did last month. And I having a week off to get shit around the house kind of situated. Yeah, makes a big difference. Yeah, that's kind of the other the other plan. I'm planning on just like relaxing, gaming, and then getting a lot of the shit that I can't get done done. You know, because I can be awake with all of the daywalkers. These I hate going out during the day i really do i hate i hate driving around when there's more than four people on the road uh but unfortunately shit doesn't happen at night anymore there is no 24 hour anything that's true i mean 
It used to Ru- be Rusty's shopping habits. Oh my got god, disrupted. This whole year has been fucked for me because normally I go shopping at like one o'clock in the morning. We talked about this, and I won't belabor it, but you know, I ordered my groceries at lunch today. Yeah, for after you. pickup, after work tomorrow. You know what? It's going to take me. The drive up there is going to take me five. The sitting in the parking lot is going to take me five. The drive home is going to take me five. It's only going to be 15 minutes of my day tomorrow. Yeah, but I would have to actually go out and, you know, it would be either 9 or 10 o'clock in the morning. And I can get my shit done at like 7 and be done. You know, when I do go shopping, it's 7 o'clock in the morning or nothing. It's that's the way it is. All the places around here are high risk only between 7 and 8, so I can't go that early. Oh, well, it used to be open at 6 o'clock in the morning, but they've been doing the high risk. It's from 6 to 7. So I have had to adjust a little bit. If I can't go out at 1 o'clock in the morning to get my, uh, you know, get my groceries, it's going to be 7 o'clock in the morning because people suck and I want to be up when people aren't around. No, Rusty. People don't suck. Your perception of people suck. Oh, well, there's... there's You don't live where I live. They suck. Um, <laughs> so, Jason, have you been uh, experimenting with uh, the marinade lately in your backyard? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. You and the wifey marinating in your juices and the, oh. the crisp October... Uh, okay. Yeah. like a dog attack's gonna happen. So, uh... Oh, there it goes. She's got to get them out. There goes that rough love again. She's so chill right now. (laughs) She she had her doggy anxiety medicine before you guys came over to chill her out just a hair. She's so chill right now. I'm doing all right. I haven't been giving her nearly as much of that. In fact, this is only the third time she's had it this week. Uh, since oh, you guys were here last. That's good. You good? But, yeah, still been experimenting with that. Uh, actually, this week started the process of I just completely drained it totally and kind of outlined uh, the area that I'm going to even out, etc. Finish up the work on that tomorrow. Okay. So, okay. But... <laughs> But because I'm, Eeyore. Yeah. I'm so excited. So, I've got work to do. Apologies. I've been up since 3 a.m. If you do that again, I'm going to like throw something at him. Dude, stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, So doing that, I got a, I got about three hours of Ghosts of Tashima in this week. Ghosts of Tsushima. It's so bad. So many people can't pronounce that name correctly, including me. So I only got about three hours of that in. Otherwise, so you got past the intro, and then you started like the basic first couple of missions. You got to where it told you to follow the wind. Pretty much, follow the wind. Hey, it works really well. And it's in fact that's exactly where I logged off last time. Yeah, just follow the wind. Okay, cool. Uh, what am I playing again? Uh, <laughs> so uh, I really say that's re- one of the better games I played this year. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's it's a game that I'd like you to finish so that I might 
be able to play it someday. But I'll finish it. I'll finish so, it. sooner or later, right? Um yeah, I, I I really do want to play that game. It's just I'm not gonna buy it. <laughs> I think it's worth buying. I like I said, as far as like we were trying to figure out game of the year stuff earlier and we yeah. hadn't quite got started in the list. Yeah. One hundred percent one of the games that came up immediately of something I'd like yeah. to put on there. It's and, and not I, just because it's one of the few newer games I played, it's because I genuinely liked it a lot. Well, and I would like my July surprise. There hasn't been very many this year, so that have been worth a damn. Like everything I look at is like just streamer games. And what I mean by that is just games that are only interesting because people, people create a drama it. around it, essentially, yeah. right? Yeah. So, like, you see a lot of the stuff about Fall Guys and not really my jam at all. Uh, Among Us. And Among Us. I've seen a lot of about Among Us, but I really don't want to get in a multiplayer game and I do a detective mystery with people I don't know. Right? Yeah, that would be fun if... yeah. If all if, three yeah. of us were up at a normal time together, yeah. I'd probably play that because it's only like five bucks, but... Yeah. Um not really my jam to play solo. No, it really really isn't. But it well, has I'm like it has a, oh, now it's your turn. Um <laughs> she thinks I have something for her cuz I'm digging around in my bag. Come here. Um well, <laughs> games like Fall Guys. So, I'll admit I watched a couple days worth of worth of streams on it. After that, I was like I'm done, because I pretty much watched the same maps over and over again it's for not, two days. It's not very fun unless you're and, actually playing it, and and honestly, you know... Uh, it got big because it was a PlayStation Plus game that you could play, and then a lot of people were watching that and decided they wanted to pick it up on PC, but I know... Like, one of the guys that works for me was trying to talk me into it. He's like, I'll just get Play PlayStation Plus to pick it up. And I was like, I'm not that interested, though. Most of what I like are like the turn-based games. Yeah, and so like I picked up, um, I picked up a turn-based game, and I've been playing a lot of turn-based games this week. Even then, it's just, I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the playability of that game is basically that it's like a massive multiplayer Mario Party. That's basically all it that, is. That's really all it is. Rusty um, must be loved. You getting a full body hug over there, Rusty? Uh, yes. Yes, I am. I had just enough time to take my monitors out. <laughs> I mean, she she's practically done everything except, like, straddle and hump his face. He still took it. Anyway, yeah. Um, and she's not ever done, ever. She's She has to come over and... And, and bother us. It's not very conducive to recording, dog. She's had enough uh, anxiety medicine for a horse. Yeah, well, uh, the next thing that comes out is the horse pill. Um, <laughs> I'm afraid to give her. I gave her enough to knock me out. I gave her the, the recommended dose enough to knock me out, and she's 45 pounds. She just has so much energy. She's, yeah. She just it, needs it's to... all about her metabolism, and that's why he... Oh, my God. Said a pill and a half. Well, for 12 hours. Yeah. yeah. It's only been two. So she's chill for 12. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys don't realize. So, like, I here's what I do all day. Like, it's a lot of work having a really hyper-deaf dog. 
um, A, she can't communicate right. And then B, you know, or what I'm used to, like Zoe literally just talked to her, right? And Lola is all about hand signals and like a lot of things. So before I start work, I spin around at circles outside. Sometimes even take a walk in the morning. At lunch, spin around at circles. After work, take her on a walk for a mile. Come home, maybe play rope again. And then this is where she's at right now, after that. Like, I exercise the fuck out of my dog. Like, way more than a lot of people exercise the dogs that are working at home. Yeah. And, um, like, every... I've got two 15-minute breaks, and both of those are dominated by me spinning the dog. And I let her outside and run. I let She's got the zoomies. I let her go do that. And then she comes in here, and she, she can sit in one spot for about two hours. Yeah. We're just trying to get her to that point. Yeah, she's always excited. Of course, she's excited to see more people. Uh, and when we come over, you know, when Jason and I come over, we... Uh, she, she loves seeing her rusty. Yeah, well, she doesn't leave me alone ever. Uh, I mean, if anything has become you very clear over the past few weeks, she really loves giving me hugs. Um, yeah, she's... And licking my ears for some reason. Well, she's only stands about... Like eighteen inches tall, maybe. Yeah, she's not. She's she's dense, so she will. She can dick punch you hard. Uh, she does that every week almost. <laughs> I'm gonna buy a cup just to come over. <laughs> but um, yeah, she gets. I go on walks sometimes in the weekend with my friend Jen, and she has to jump up all the way into her arms and give her. Licks and licks and licks. Yeah, she she just likes new people. You know, she she just needs to she needs to engage with another person. Um, so that is cool. I mean, their alternative is uh, a, a mean, like aggressive dog. She's just overly lovey. She's aggressively lovey. So, uh, yeah, I'll take it, even if it is a little disruptive. Um. But, like, on the subject of games, like, we were talking about it last week, and we were talking about, like, what can we get into, and I hadn't gotten myself my, quote-unquote, you know, uh, I worked hard all week to do something besides just pay bills. What am I getting for myself? Yeah. And I bought Other Side, and I have mixed feelings about Other Side right now. Yeah, it. I watched you play, like, the first five minutes of it last week. I've beat two bosses in Other Side so far. Essentially what it is, is it's a... Uh, so it's got like their easier mode and then their regular mode. And I've played both modes and got similarly far in both modes. So the, the problem with easy mode is it kills one of the main mechanics that kind of makes it interesting. And lets you get too far in the roguelike without getting powerful enough. So it starts you off with three daughters and the story is like weird. Doesn't matter. It's just weird. Right. And it's Very gothy. Uh, yeah, kind of gothy. And basically what it is is that you have three basic archetypes you've got a defense archetype a support and a dps and they all have a couple of different branches of skills and the way that it works is you're trying to manipulate the timeline to get them ahead of the enemies essentially and the mission types are like kill everything or save this thing or kill just this one thing or escape at least that's what i've seen so far or boss battle and between each mission, you don't heal health. So on easy mode, you heal half health, which a lot of the abilities use health as its mana pool. Right. Um, 
which means that you get to keep those same characters for quite a while. And in normal mode, you have to sacrifice one of the people you resurrected to heal one of the other characters. Now, you get a certain currency from each of the battles that lets you res a new one. So you could basically create a pool that way of occasionally getting one to level up, and then the rest are essentially just raising them from the dead to kill them off to heal one of your more powerful characters. Then you get these things called resurrection tokens, which in your run, it's a roguelite uh, tactical game. You can then resurrect one of the ones from one of your previous runs if you've saved, saved them over from the run. And it doesn't take anything to save them over from your run so far that I know of. Okay. So as long as you don't erase your character pool, for I think there might be a max limit, so that might be part of it. Um, you can continue to just res folks that you want to res if you get the tokens for it, which is one of the random rewards. Okay. So... It's but the variety on the so art style's cool. I like the really striking red versus monochromatic, which is basically what it is. Um but the variety on the tactics actually seems a little bit shallow. And it's also like because it's so dark, it kind of like hits the weird depression thing in me. Yeah. And so it like I just get like bummed planet kind of yeah, it's very black and white with red accent and that's yeah and that's pretty much all the colors that you see in that game and so it just leaves me in a weird spot well, it's very moody yeah it's very it it's that's why i and i also wish it was more the, with word goth because it was it's very moody it's very dark and i was black looking, and white looking for something kind of with an art style of like disciples 2 which is an old uh, strategy Old. game that's got that kind of art style, but I'm just not quite getting into it. I got a friend of mine that plays single games a hell of a lot that's playing the shit out of it, and I've had to table it. And I was like, "But I'm in a turn-based mode, so mm. Wasteland Three released a new patch that said faster load times. All the all the things are fixed essentially. Okay, or all most of the major things are fixed. So I ran it on Xbox and seems to be running just fine. Um. Load times seem pretty low, but I haven't gotten very far in it. I was like, you know what? What turn-based games do I like the best? I guess it's XCOM. It's time to go back to XCOM. How well do I still like XCOM? I looked at my time played, and I've got 330 or 40 hours it's played respectable. in it. Right? And I was like, why did I play XCOM 2 this much? It's just like, because it's pretty good. Because it's solid? It is... And like, I, at its core, a solid game. I was like, what kind of ran me down? And I was like, oh, the load times kind of ran me down before, and then I could only run it on about high. I could never run it on ultra settings. I was like, that was before I got a new card and before I had an NVMe. What's it run like now? Oh, night and day. Butter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I've got Vanilla XCOM 2. I call it Vanilla. It's got a couple of different um, expansions. Right. Um, I've still subscribed to all of the Steam Workshop content that I had for it which is all updated with it. And I still had Long War updated with it. There Long War is the big, like, basically... Never uh, ending a campaign. Jake Solomon sponsored mod, yeah. which the Pavanis Interactive, which is the name of the little company that made it, um, actually worked with Jake Solomon to hone different parts of it. So, like, Long War 2 is so official XCOM that Jake, the designer of XCOM, uh, the Firaxis version of it, right? says that his game is the warm-up to learn how to play Long War. Like, he's a huge fan of Long War. Wow. 
Okay. So, like, you can't get more of an official mod than that. But Long War does a lot of... I'm not going to get into the minutia, but essentially what it does is it gives you a huge character pool to choose from, and it gives you additional soldier classes. And so... And a whole lot of additional branches in those classes. And you can simultaneously run, like, three and four and five squads at a time, which means that you get a whole lot more battles and a whole lot less minimap. It's all about managing all of those soldiers. Now, because there's so many of them, I haven't went and individually named them all um, yet. Um, they got to make a couple of ranks before they morph into one of us. <laughs> but the right. way that the launcher works for XCOM 2 is you can choose that. You can choose to load mods or not load mods. And you can choose between XCOM 2 and Wrath of the Chosen, which is their huge expansion. And Wrath... I mean, if you've played XCOM, it is way different. And I didn't remember how much different, but it is like 100% different than Long War 2. And what I mean by that is Wrath of... I almost called it Lich King. Wrath yeah, of, I was waiting for it. Wrath of the Chosen is essentially way more objective-based, right? And so it's more or less choosing the battles for you. Let me explain. So Long War 2, right? Like I need to get a scientist or a soldier or whatever. There'll be a mission that pops up that I've got to go rescue them or whatever from a, an encampment, right? And it tells me this is what you're getting. War of the Chosen's like, no, you're going to buy that from the black market and you've got to fight a boss and you've got to, you've got this infestation that's happening and you've got this other thing, but I'm not going out and like saving folks the same way. Um, the way that it rewards you is different. The Event timer is 100% different because it has to do with the Avatar project, which is different than the original game. Um, okay. And you've got different bosses that have locked down different regions. So um, once you discover them, they can start to pop into any of your missions. So you guys saw that I beat that one boss but lost one of my soldiers, which thank God wasn't. In that game, I actually have named soldiers that are us. And it wasn't one of us yet because it was just a squaddy that we lost. But... Um, it has the soldier bond mechanic, so you get additional. You can do additional actions as you bond soldiers with War of the Chosen. Uh -huh. um, you can also early on use that bond to give yourself additional movement. But if your characters are close enough together, they get additional like plus hit and plus defense. So, anyways, yeah. um, and again on the NVMe and the you know the newer graphics card than what I was running at the time like runs like butter and looks great like I was running it in 1440p and you're just seeing like it is very much 100% 60 plus frames a second oh yeah it's it's smooth the you know, they animate like the weight of the impact of the kills is just so much cooler in that game than every other turn based game I've played i like wasteland 3 um i really wish it had that punch yeah. that xcom does when you kill an enemy it doesn't um i like the slow-mo jump through glass i don't know why but just that kind of stuff it's the w the way that they did the cinematic camera for xcom 2 is actually pretty good and they've refined it to a point where it's not overly long i think we were talking about this you know uh as well while you were doing things is that you can do multiple move actions Without having to wait and watch somebody actually move. You literally can just queue things up. It's just like, move here, tab, move here, tab, move here, tab. And as long as you don't encounter a, a trigger for something, right, it'll just let you keep going through your actions. You can get through a whole turn in less than a minute. Yeah, and that's just not something that you see very many, you know, in pretty much anything else. Um, now, there are... There are games like, you know, Wasteland 3. Every You know, every game has its own little thing that it that they do and they try 
to they take the XCOM base and then they try to you know to add their own little thing to it. And what's, sometimes they're successful, sometimes they're not. The level of polish on everything surrounded it, from UI to a lot of the cover mechanics, the move mechanics, all of that stuff is just so much more polished than all the other games are playing. Like, I really like Phoenix Point. The Julian Gollop is the guy that's making that. Who's the original XCOM director. Yeah. The but, minutia of it is better, right? The aim mechanic of, like, being able to zoom in and stuff like that and the directional Overwatch is great. But here's the thing. Because you have such fine detail, it makes it a lot more meticulous than XCOM. And XCOM is just so much... Again, they took a game that was really finely detailed and modernized it with a lot of modern conveniences where it's still hard as fuck if you want it to be but all the it's not hard for the wrong reasons and it's not tedious that's the thing i like about it is the most tedious thing that might happen is you run into a really large battle that takes you a while to figure out the right angle of attack but you're not i don't know there's just it's just so much faster to play. It's it's a solid base, and you keep going back to the solid base. I wish there was something like it. And even play Chimera Squad, where they tried something different. Um, I don't like Chimera Squad nearly as much as XCOM 2. And I'm going to say it's because they tried the weird event system where, you know, you try to figure out your turn order, essentially. Right? And then it, you know, goes you, them, you, them, you, them, based on initiative. And... I don't like that nearly as much. I don't like that I can't customize any of those characters. I don't like the locked upgrade systems for it. I don't like the limited upgrade system of it. Um, I went through to the very last mission, and I just don't have any attachment to the characters. Like, Firaxis is not known for their character building. No. They're known for the way they build things, simulate waves for their user to build a story, right? They do really good with that. Like, if they had created a RimWorld-style game, I think that Firaxis would do fucking amazing. Yeah. Right? But they do shit at actual character building and story development and stuff like that. But I will say, the other thing about XCOM that makes it go so much better than the other games is even though it is a roguelike, essentially, right? Like, you can run a campaign over and over and over again, like Risk, and it'd always be different is they do such a great job of the world storytelling, not just necessarily the characters. Like, they've got key characters that are important, that are likable, like the scientist and the engineer right. and the commander, and then, you know, you're the commander. Mm. Um, you know. The fucking voice, right? Commander. Yeah. Um, they do such a good job at that stuff of tying in those events to tell a story based on where you're at in the game. Like, even in Long War, which is a huge mod, like, they found a way to incorporate all of that stuff that you want to watch it. But the big difference between that Chimera Squad, a modern XCOM game, more modern, right, is that you've got actual characters that you're tied to that are basically just the static characters you have. And they're just not that likable. And because of that, A, not that likable. B, not very customizable. Like, they're set in very specific roles. Like, I can lose a character in XCOM 2 and then find somebody to replace them and then kind of build around that character and build a team around that. You know, the way that I want to play it. Right. right? Chimera Squad tells you this is how you have to play it with these characters. And this is how it has to work. And that's kind of the thing that's and, – and just looking at that, that's probably one of the reasons why I have, I have a bit of an issue with uh, with other games – you know, you know, other uh, strategy games like that, or I, I guess 
like Wasteland Three is getting it right in that you have has starter characters that you, yeah you have two starter characters and then you can basically build whatever you want later and then every single recruit you have can be a custom character they only have maybe six npc characters that you build a story around to try to get but because you're using your characters the whole time you build them how you want to build them you use them the way that you want to use them you set up the team that you want to set up just, and you complement that npc is essentially how you play that right but being able to customize the stupid outfits and the further you get in that game like you unlock a bunch of ridiculous things if you want to go that way oh okay like the clown outfit the scientist outfit well, i haven't gotten that far yet but like you unlock outfits basically you can go play dress up doll with your character in the menu and like it does a cool thing where it lets you hide armor so like the armor all has a standard tile not tile set but like look to it right that doesn't let you customize it at all and you're like i don't like the way that armor looks well you just hide it and then you know you get all the benefits of it and then you get whatever cool outfit you set up for your character um i just like them looking chunky and robotic so you know I want them all running around in lab coats. I mean, you could do that if you wanted to. <laughs> I mean, and they he, got the stupid stuff in there. Like, you've got the, like, two-foot-tall character that you can make, he, or the character's, like, seven and a half feet tall. Right? Now, what he really wants, and I'm sure if somebody made a mod for this, he'd pick it up. What he wants is he wants cog armor on all of his rangers. Hey. It kind of looks like that. Like, I've actually... So, I went and hey. grabbed... um gears tactics again and i might jump through that again like i'm i'm getting to the point in the year where i know that literally the only thing i'm really interested in at this point is cyberpunk right and maybe assassin's creed and so all i really want to do at this point is just get through some games that i want to really talk about this year and i i stumbled back into xcom and i was just like you know what there is literally nothing that's come out in the last five years that even comes close to this. And like, as much as I like Wasteland, um, XCOM is the best. Wasteland 3 is the next best. And that's my two cents. And that's me playing these types of games for the last 10 years. I mean, he's, yeah. If there's anybody that has a strong opinion about these types of games, it would be just because he plays them well, a lot. I played Fallout Tactics way back in the day, and that game sucks ass. Um, and this is, you know, I, I know I'm Mr. Fallout person, but just going through a wave of like really mediocre games this year, um, and then finally getting back to a game that I like this much, like just something flipped. I was like, what am I wasting my time this much? You know, this is a superb experience. And I will just say, if you get the opportunity to subscribe to a few things on the workshop, a lot of cool things. I'll, I'll give you one that's Find one that showed like a, a HUD, if you can find a good HUD. I actually wasn't showing it there because I had the outdated version. It wasn't working. But like there's HUDs that will show you clearly how much health they have in numbers instead of having to count the little squares. Um, there's a couple of mods that there's one called Commander's Choice, which is huge. That instead of you randomly getting a character, like a random promotion. So like your character with 65 aim gets sharpshooter and misses all their shots and is fucking garbage, like, get Commander's Choice. That's literally the best one you can get. Right. And then there's a mod that shows you everybody's stats on the big screen um, so that you can look at all the aim stats and all the, like, hack stats and everything else before they do it. Yep. Got Lola Part 3. Rusty's about to explode over there. 
I, I, <laughs> He's like, I just want to talk. I just want to talk, but the dog wants me. I love him so much. Why do you have to be his wife? Can you please? And then the tongue just comes out and licks his nose. Can you please just give me, like, an hour and a half? Can yeah. you please? It's just I need space. <laughs> Are you done? Oh, she's sitting on you all weird. I thought she was about to knock your glasses straight off your face. Well, I don't know. It's so yeah. I mean, I I, I get it. I, I can't. Hold on. I want to try to do this with a dog sitting on my chest. Uh, <laughs> but. Rusty, give me your most annoyed face. Right. Okay. That may yeah. be some Twitter I mean, bait right there. All you, you need right now is a rancid dog fart. Oh God, that's that would just she's <laughs> pointing it directly at my nose. She's. I told you guys they're not the fartiest of dogs. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the way that she sleeps is she sleeps with her butt pointed at me um, the entire night, well, and I don't get deluded in dog fart <laughs> that, no Thankfully. what that what that tells you is she hasn't ripped one strong enough to wake you up yet ah there it is that's that's the thing though i'm pretty sure that all dog farts come out at about 50 percent or 50 times the strength of a human fart i'm fairly certain they could you point that thing away from my face uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so now she's had her lap time, apparently. Uh, I am free for the next 15 minutes, so let's get through some shit. <laughs> oh, but speaking of strategic shooters. Yeah. 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 I, I went back and, uh, I watched Dread again. You, you watched Dread again? Yeah. Like. Uh okay, you got you mm. like there. There's been a couple of years of space there, right? So you gotta you gotta specify which one. I mean, there's there's, there's a, only one dread. No. There's Judge Dread, uh -huh. and then there's Dread. Okay, but but no, there isn't. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I I go back to uh, the Sylvester Stallone days. So, really? Yeah, I do. Carl Urban one is a much superior movie. I actually agree with that. I I like the classics though. I mean, I I will I will go back and I'll watch some really fucking bad eighties movies just because eighties oh, and nineties movies. Oh no, trust me there there is a place in my heart for the cheese. It's so that is cheesy, though. It's... That is Judge Dredd and Demolition Man, okay? It's just so good. Those two movies are a perfect pairing together when you are when just you are feeling looking for classic action movies. Nostalgic about action movies, yeah, okay? Classic action movies. You just gotta like it's gotta have cheesy one liners and fucking over the top explosions, right? But there, there is a distinct difference between hearing Sylvester Stallone's I am the law. I am the law. I am the law. Or Carl Urban's 
I am the law. Yeah, well, you know. He, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. I'm the law. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I went back and watched it, and I was like, I think I actually enjoyed it more the third time. <laughs> I know. I know I, yeah, I I want to actually watch some fucking old action movies. Like, just I, I keep going back to uh, I keep going back to like you know Judge Dread uh, or uh, Demolition Man because those are just easy for me because I. I I don't know why. Still, you know the yeah. or, Stallone uh, was, yeah, that was right around the time where Stallone was like big, like yeah. Or Last Action Hero with the glass eyeballs. Uh, Last Action Hero was not a big fan. I wasn't a big fan from of of that movie. It was, I don't know why, but I think it was probably the reason. Uh, the reason why I didn't like that movie was because. It was an action movie about it, being an action movie. It, it was. It, it was, was it meta. too meta for you? It was. It wasn't too meta for me to not enjoy it. It was just the fact that they, you know, you're not supposed to believe any of the action movies. Like there is no possible way I that mean, one dude with now, an assault rifle can run through an entire enemy camp and kill right. everybody with a fucking well, knife. Now, now keep him, got a perfectly good gun. <laughs> Never keep reload the mind. gun and still be able to kill everybody with like, or or, or shooting the fucking exploding arrow and watching somebody just yeah. like. <laughs> yeah, but you have to you have to keep in mind that that movie was coming out around the time that uh, Stallone, Arnold, and Bruce Willis were starting Planet Hollywood. Yeah. So. For me, it's more the the comedic portion of, you know, you're watching that movie and you see posters and like standees from different Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. And he's been replaced in those by either Sylvester Stallone or Bruce Willis. Yeah. It's just just funny. But Last Action Hero, Last Action Hero plays like, um, like a um like a theme park ride that's what it that's what it plays like it doesn't it it, it takes all of the gritty hard edges of uh of the traditional action hero movies like the like the over the top fucking like gory scenes like people fucking exploding or fucking you know stuff like that and just shaves all of that off for what I would consider like a family friendly almost action movie comedic effect. Yeah. yeah and it's, it, but I keep going back well, to that movie and, and the one fucking scene that that's even, true. Oh, but stopped, Naked gun did it first. Yeah. Naked gun did. It. Uh, that's, that's a thing. Um, <laughs> but last action here, the, the one fucking thing that just keeps popping into my mind, even to, you know, I even referenced this the other day. Is the uh, the Labrea tar pit scene where he just like wipes off the, all the tar with a fucking paper towel, like a single paper towel? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, that's true. Uh, it's just all the action movie tropes are just taken. You know, it's not ever taken seriously. That, that's that is kind of the point of it, though. Yeah, that's. I really and, like the goofy ass soundtrack to that movie. Yeah, 
There's a it, song a by soundtrack. Megadeth called "Angry Again," which was my favorite song the entire year that 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 movie came out. Yeah, well, I mean, I saw that at that theater next to the. There's a local novelty store called Vintage Stock, and there used to be a movie theater. God, that movie came out what 25 years ago? Oh God, fucking old. Yeah, it was sometime like early 90s. Anyways, um, yeah, there was a Megadeth song called "Angry Again" that came out when that's released, and I just fucking loved it. Yeah. Now, yeah. that that said, the uh, the even more perfect pairing to Demolition Man and the original Judge Dredd is after you watch those, you go watch Hot Shots Part Two. Oh God. <laughs> oh god and watch charlie sheen shoot a chicken like an arrow <laughs> man you really were in a mood dude it i was, actually like that movie too it, it was the fucking uh the like the the fight scene where they're fucking like rolling their fucking hands and like broken glass and then skittles and then uh-huh. something like that like just or, there are scenes from that movie that pop into my head, Or they go, uh, they repeat the limo scene from the first Naked Gun movie, and when Chick opens her top, it's two headlights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there hasn't been a good parody movie in years. There really hasn't been. I don't... I no, don't, not like, really. They used... They were on top of it in the fucking 80s and, you know, in early 90s. They were on top of good parody movies. Uh, but the latest attempts at a parody movie, like, it, it it just didn't work. Like, Scary Movie was supposed to be a parody movie. But, uh, what? You know, and and then they continued on. And, and I think where they they fell off is they did sequels. And you notice that you don't see sequels for the original parody movies, you know? Um, like, you know, Spaceballs never got a sequel because it was never meant to. In fact, that was part of the joke, <laughs> you know? So that was... I mean, there's a reason why he wrote into the script. Spaceballs 2, the quest for more money. The search for more so, money. Just... Backing up just a second, because I was really <laughs> curious to see what other songs were on that soundtrack. Yeah. Um, I realized that this is me just reading like crazy for just a second. There was five top 25 songs that came from that out from the soundtrack for Last Action Hero. That's probably... Two from Alice in Chains, one from ACDC, one from Megadeth, and one from Cypress Hill. Oh, well, yeah. It was the best-selling movie soundtrack that that summer i'm gonna look and the uh but the movie fucking bombed oh yeah the movie bombed like crazy i fucking love i actually have that movie on my shelf in the other room i love that movie it's a stupid movie but i love it i love it a lot but anyway and then uh then i realized that uh the boys season two came out (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, I was supposed season to watch three. that. Is it a season three or no, season two? No, season two. Oh god, I'm I'm already looking forward to season three. I'm done with this, by the way. So yeah, I watched it all. Yeah, yeah. I need a way to watch it. You need a way to watch it. Mm, 
Well, that sucks for you. I know. You're going to have to come over. I I I was I was kind of sad. <laughs> You're going to have to come over cuz if, you know, cuz if you have my Amazon account, you can you can order all kinds of blow up dolls with that. <laughs> yeah, Last Action Hero came out in 1993. Yep. So, I was 11 years old when that came out. Y- yeah. 11? Yeah, I was 11. Oh. I was eight. I was 12. Well, don't I feel old? Um, I watched that movie, though. Like I know, right? So <laughs> it was the, That was the first, like, really action-y movie I got to see in the theaters. And my parents were really religious at the time, so my grandma took me. Um, which my grandma liked cheesy action flicks, so. So... Speaking of feeling old, since we're on this topic anyway, oh god, the the kids Down were the sitting there, we go. right? We're we're sitting there watching a movie on Disney Plus, whatever. Somehow the <laughs> the kids got started on. How old were you when this came out? Oh, this would be the older kid. Yes, <laughs> this would be the older kid, but of course. The little ones jumped in because uh, Little Mermaid came out before you were born. Yes. <laughs> what about Hundred and One Dalmatian? Yes. yes. Like Little Mermaid was out before you know before you were born. Really? Um. Are you sure? Because I'm sure. Because. Uh, We were, I mean, we were looking at the dates in Disney Plus. I just, I don't, I don't remember. Or when no, I'm sorry. I was four when it released. Yeah, that's what it was. I, I remember. See, I remember that um, coming out, and that's that's the. But thing. yeah, I remember being so, like, I don't want to watch a girls' movie. Yeah, it was. So, it. it was like, <laughs> I don't want to watch a girls' movie. So we're uh, girls. Movie. We're going through all this, and you know, of course, half of the MA movies on there came out well before either one of us was born. Yeah. I mean, um, Disney's been around for a but, while. Well, you just think about the vast majority of their most popular anime movies came out in in the 30s, 40s, and 50s. Um, well, yeah. I mean, that's you're looking at like you're you're looking at uh, at movies like uh fucking aristocrats or aristocats uh, aristocats uh you know uh, you know 101 dalmatians snow is white like 101 old, yeah, dalmatians those are older uh those are older movies the the animation style is definitely different uh, you know back from back then. you know robin hood the original rescuers yeah you know all kinds of stuff like that but then the then we got down the list as far as uh, the Lion King. No, I remember that. Right, but remembering that I was nine when it released, and I'm like, yeah, that's a. I mean, wow. yeah, no, I remember actually playing the. Uh, it was a. Was it? I think it was. It, it was. It was SNES. The version uh, SNES version of that hell game of uh, fucking. So- Lion King. Oh my god, that fucking game was so hard. I ha- I actually had <laughs> the cassette set 
of that soundtrack. Oh yeah, the the soundtrack of Lion King. Of the Lion King on cassette. Yeah, I think we all did. And burned out those tapes. Yeah, I I remember when they when the tape literally started smoking. I can't listen to any of them songs anymore. <laughs> nope. <laughs> just I just no. But I mean, when I was a kid, now, yeah, I played it out. Yeah, well, you were a kid. That was a thing. It's like, okay, you know. So th- there was there was a time where that was the only thing that I was actually really allowed to listen to. That and the easy listening music, which in yeah. in the early eighties was actually fairly new. Like those were hits, and now they're easy listening work music. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. Michael Bolton, Celine Dion. Yeah, you're looking at like late seventies, early eighties. Everything from like the late seventies to the early eighties is is what you would find on the fucking like the work safe radio station, right? Um, that's what I was allowed to listen to uh, until I rebelled, and then I found my dad's rock collection, and I had never looked back. Oh, uh, so my- <laughs> I had I had a really weird childhood where my parents weren't hardcore religious initially. And so I would listen to a lot of like 80s thrash when I was really young. Oh, man. And then first concert was Megadeth and Slayer back in like 88 Jeez. when I was way too young to see it. Well, yeah. Um, they got really religious, which cut me off from all of that. Oh, boy. And then I had to rely on recording cassettes off the radio. I mean, we while. all did that, though, back and in the day. And then I had a friend of mine that was had a sister that was 15 and a half that regularly drove with her permit that would take us to go get cassettes from, uh, what was it? It wasn't Fi, whatever it was before Fi. And in a place called CD Warehouse, which was a used music store. Yep. And then just I just started growing my secret music collection underneath my bed. There was a... There was a point where I knew I I knew that I had actually uh, leveled up, uh, so to speak, in uh, in in my dad's eyes when he came in and you know came into my bedroom and I'm fucking sitting there playing my you know my Nintendo and I've got fucking Metallica playing on my disc player uh, and he he just came in. He was gonna yell at me for fucking playing uh, uh playing video games all the time, uh because that was a thing, and then he just realized that uh, I'm sitting there listening to fucking you know at that time the black album was uh you know was available, uh so I was just listening to that, um, and he just stopped and he listened to an entire fucking song just standing there at my door and then he turned around and walked away I'm like. Okay. Yeah, dad loosened up after I moved out of the house, and then he wanted to started listening to just music again after he kind of got over being crazy about it. But we we've bonded like the guitar I have in here is a fifty year old guitar, fifty one years old now. Um, it's a Gibson lookalike. It's called an Ames. It looks a lot like same components, every, literally everything that's in an SG, but it's a nineteen sixty nine Ames. Yeah, um, that has a humbucker that's broke right now that need to get fixed, but. Um, that's the guitar that I actually learned guitar on the first electric guitar I learned guitar on that dad used to play like old Slayer shit on way back in the day. Um, and then before that it was Led Zeppelin stuff. And as we've gotten older, like we go and see concerts together, like dad's not going to go see like 
fucking infant annihilator with me, but dad will see like we if Queensryche is in town for whatever reason is doing a reunion tour, we're gonna go see Queensryche. Nice. Uh, if Dream Theater's in town, like any of the like proggy like eighties, nineties stuff. Yeah. We'll go see it. If Megadeth toured and was in town, like dad would go see Megadeth with me nowadays. Yeah. Um, Except that Yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't no tours, even don't know. even crush that. Because I know where you're going. There's no <laughs> concerts with anything right now. Yeah. I've been um, watching live streams. Like, uh, just more so, just to kind of promote this. I think it's really important. I'm going to continue to promote music um, on this show. Um, I watched a charity stream from, I like Devin Townsend, which is an artist that I like a lot. Yeah. And he's been doing these things. So I want to say it's for St. Jude's, where it's pay whatever you want. So I've been paying $10 to watch a concert. And it's really interesting. He's got like an Xbox controller that he has set up with a whole bunch of different cameras. And he lets a backing pack pack a backing track play. He sings in his studio and plays guitar and then interacts with like he's got a Twitch feed going and a YouTube feed going. Yeah. And then the what is it? It's not Vivo, it's whatever the other concert promoter thing is. And so he takes like donations, like you can buy like an actual ticket for whatever you want to pay. And then he donates the majority of it to his crew, which is not making any money this tour, um, and to children's hospitals. And so he's done three in the last month, and he's got another one coming up here in another two or three weeks. And then he's been writing his own songs for just this stuff on a project he's got going called Quarantine. So, like, uh, <laughs> perfect name. So, um, but there's not everybody's doing it. Not everybody's been this innovative, but. There's been quite a few people that have been starting to do some of these like homemade homebrew streams. Yeah. Like in their own home studios. And then sometimes they're getting together and doing it. And this, if you like music or live music, like this isn't exactly like it, right? But if you don't, for all these like mid tier artists that aren't on the radio all the time, um, I would say do it. I've been watching a Death Cab for QD stream um, about once a month. He does it on, I want to say Fridays. It's like Friday or Monday. I can't remember. But anyways, it's one of those days. It's not Friday because I can watch it. So it's on Sunday, I think. But anyways, um, yeah, Ben Gibbard does like sets up a set list and plays like 25 songs. Um, and that one's actually free. It does it via Facebook um, and sets up wow. like a just a Facebook live feed. And then he also does like a VIP Zoom meeting, essentially, and plays via Zoom. Wow. OK, um, that's a more major band, but also kind of old at this point. Um, so like there's just, there's a lot of different artists, artists doing a lot of different cool things like that. If you want music to survive, um, and you're not COVID broke, like this would be the way to a entertain yourself yeah. and maybe some other people and then B keep these people afloat while they can't tour. You know, live music. That's good. Yeah. I'm very pro live music. Yeah. It's, um. You know, I've I've watched a few streams. I I can't I really some DJs that are doing stuff too right now. Oh, there's a lot of fucking DJs doing stuff on you know on Twitch. You can you know if you just check out the uh, the music category on Twitch, you will find you know some you know some either aspiring musicians go you know going at it, um, and you know some of them are really fucking good. Uh, but I bet we could talk some people that are friends of the show into doing it. I know so Trent does his own kind of brand of like EBM kind of stuff. Yeah. And then John, um nobody knows him by John on this show. If you watch Pupcast, um use him. Yep. 
um, or watched old Carousel. Musum actually does a whole bunch of stuff. So if you would find Musum on SoundCloud, he's got like three albums up there. Oh yeah. Um, maybe I can talk him into doing a live stream. He's done some. Uh, he's done some game music too, hasn't he? Yeah, he's doing a lot of music right now for a for, couple for an indie studio here yep. in town that came from a game jam. Yep. So he's doing a lot of stuff with that in his spare time and is in a groove right now with writing material and remastering his old stuff. So um, very indie, very much friend of the show, lifelong friend of mine. Um, support Musum. Oh, yeah, for sure. Hell yeah. It's it's, it's, it's just that you got to get... Uh, you you can go on and find a lot of the stuff. SoundCloud's a good place. Uh, if you're looking for live, definitely Twitch. Um, you can see a lot of that stuff is uh, showing up on Spotify as well. So they'll release it to Spotify. Doesn't I'm get a whole a lot of plays, but known of a few artists that actually release stuff like you know actual records. I will tell you that Spotify pays. A pile of dicks. Yeah, it's um, you, you just up... to understand the music industry to anybody who isn't like a stupid popular, right? Like even Cardi B doesn't make money off Spotify. It's not it's, the money off of that. No, the only money that a lot of these people make if you're not on the radio, and radio pays pennies too, but right. more than Spotify, um, is through merchandise and through live events. Right. You you find the you find the music that you like. Uh, and you can find more of it on, you know, on these other places, but to, you know, to support them directly. I mean, that's why, you know, if you go to Twitch uh, or, you know, Facebook or wh- however they uh, they do uh, their live broadcasts, you, you can donate directly to them, you know, and that's probably the best way to get the money because you don't have any you know, any middlemen in, you know, in between it's directly to the, uh, you know, directly to the artists, which is, you know, just great. If you want to do that, if you want to get something for it, I mean, merch is a good, uh, good way of doing it too. There's a pretty decent margin on merch. Um, but you know, I'm, I have donated directly to creators before and it's, it's, it's worth it. If you enjoy the, you know, if you enjoy the stuff that they do. But you know, there's been a wide variety of uh, of different bands have uh, done live streams throughout the year. Um, like for example, uh, when everything first started, Dropkick Murphys did did one on St. Patrick's Day. Didn't charge anybody for it; they just did it. Because, yeah, well, that's because they know. normally they're normally in you know in the thick of a you know St. Patty's Day you know celebration exactly. somewhere. You know, um, I just and they did that from Boston. Uh, Crystal and I've watched Bush and Stone Temple Pilots uh, back in July. Oh, that's not a bad idea. Um, and that was like those were like ten dollars each. Yeah, to and watch it's, those. And it's like with those being a little bit older, like they don't draw the kind of crowds they used to, and so like you know they're if you like that stuff, right? Like it's, you want to support yeah. them. Like as much as I know a lot of people like tool. I like tool. I'm not a fanatic like some people, but I like I, but, parts of tool. That's the thing. James, you know, or Maynard and crew have enough money to like them and Metallica, right? Like have enough money to survive this. Right. Yeah. Um, the people that are not at that tier, um, 
need the help. Right. And most of the, you know, admittedly, most of the music that I listen to nowadays is, you know, was basically born on the internet. So, uh, it was well, and you like a lot of EB, EDM I, I stuff. Like, I like a lot of EDM. So, you know, to get a good uh, cross section of what the kind of stuff that I like is mostly played like on monster cat so and there's a lot of different flavors of edm i don't i don't necessarily go full dubstep like most people just think of like fucking transformer noises while they make sex um uh, that's, well, that's, <laughs> electronic sex. music is like <laughs> electronic music is a lot like modern metal like there's like nine thousand genres of it yeah there's there like, is i like I like Aphex Twin, and you like a lot of stuff that's a little bit different than what I like. You so, know, so to, to give you some uh, some uh, some idea, there's uh, there is uh, a a group of you know EDM artists called Infected Mushroom, and they're different enough uh, from most normal EDM that you you know that you'd listen to that they have a unique you know they have something that's unique about them they they do uh uh what the fuck do they call themselves it's it's something psi it it's psi something or other but it's um oh gosh i'm going to look it up because i don't i don't know enough about what you like musically it's uh i i have a wide range like i definitely do all kinds of different it's it's just you know it's right. dream trance psytrance that's what it's called uh so um so it's very psychedelic music it would be perfect with an acid trip or almost probably not uh because it goes in a lot of different directions um which is historically not that great for for that type of thing but um you kind of want to have something that's chill and level when you're there <laughs> not speaking from experience don't do drugs kids um <laughs> so well like there's there's been a lot of evolution in bands too you know like stone temple pilots isn't the same without scott wyland yeah and that's, um, i think that's kind of the reason why i don't listen to a lot of the you know but, like live old music because i i remember the original well, band. it's just like if soundgarden was still around like i would probably see some of their stuff you know if it was playing right now yeah yeah i, I can understand and i will that. tell you um without a doubt like allison chain's live right now is better than it used to be and i know that's saying something because lane staley's been dead for 20 years but the guy that they got to replace lane staley is just as good vocally if not a little bit better he can i actually harmonize think the same. a little bit better he can harmonize the same but he also has his own voice yes and lane could only ever and, harmonize with jerry well and um the guy who's with him now he has a little bit more range yeah and he actually is a little bit more um, charismatic because he's not on heroin <laughs> that too <laughs> I mean, um, you know, and it's kind of the, the same thing with, uh, with the vocalist that, uh, Pilots has now. I mean, he's, uh, I mean, they're big shoes to fill when that Jeff, was an, the icon of the band or, you yeah. know what I mean? I mean, Jeff Gutt's different. Um, his range is actually a little bit smaller, but somehow I think a, uh, 
a guy who used to be a vocalist of a new metal band. I think that's what he do you know what he was in before? I'm trying to find out. Uh Dry Cell. I think I've heard of him. Um But he decided to make money is what happened. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean it works with some of the music. Um I was actually quite surprised. He fit better than um what's his face from uh um uh Lincoln Park did uh, Chester Bennington. Yeah, they're not doing anything anymore either, are they? Well, I mean, Bennington died two years ago. So, no, I know that's yeah. what I mean. But since all these like '90s, early aughts artists are dying, which is weird. They're just depressing. Fuck. <laughs> I mean, not to be too callous. Such is the life of a lot of yeah rock stars. That, they burn uh, out really quick. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, or like they they just make poor life choices. Well, like well, you know, that's kind of the point. Just that's thinking the... about it, though, I was, I was like listening to something that had to do with kind of like what happened with Kurt Cobain, right? Yeah, like he was still in his twenties when he died. Like, think about how you were in your twenties, and he's got all this fame and you know access to drugs and all those other things, right? And you're not very mature in your twenties. No offense to some of the listeners, you'll just things will change when you get to your thirties and beyond. Right, and your risk assessment goes uh, in a different direction. It changes a lot. Yeah, even my dirty thirty birthday, the headspace I was in in that time versus where I'm at right now is yeah. vastly different. Oh, it yeah. was only eight years ago, so it's just like I don't know. Like you're that influential and have money and you know fame and all that other stuff. Like I think right. it gets to people, you know. But above any of those. If they would just, I I've been waiting for Cornell to either get Soundgarden or Audio Slave to do a live stream this year. Chris Cornell's I've... dead. Bummer. That's what? Was, yes, this happened like a year ago. Bummer. Yeah, Chris Cornell's dead. That's why I was saying if Soundgarden was to do something, I would totally. Oh, see really? It. Shit. I totally, yeah, that was wow, like one of, I totally missed that. I didn't because I was going to go. I was going to go see him in OKC, and then he died right on that tour. So how I was in super the pissed. hell did I fucking miss that? I think I remember actually. Chris Cornell's like my that. favorite rock vocalist of all time. Yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, like the, so the Robert so Plant of the nineties. Here we are. That means like the last bummer new big hit. Chris Cornell did was oh god what was that song he did for that country band uh, Heavy is the Head yeah I think I don't know boy god country did you just say country yeah, yeah. okay alright uh, Zach, good. Zach least, Brown band but it, it doesn't it, sound like a country song it doesn't matter to it, me. at least he was part of Super Unknown and that's all I gotta say <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I totally missed that he died. Jeez. Day I Tried to Live, one of the first songs that, I ever learned. It's just up and like, down the neck. It's two years ago now. Almost three. Yeah. Or no, it is three years ago. Jeez. Shit, I totally missed that. You were... Fuck. Yeah, you're... Yeah, yeah. I was, I'm pretty upset about that, let me tell you. Yeah. Damn. I do I do like my 90s music, not gonna lie. That upsets me as much as Lemmy dying. Yeah. I... 
they're in the same category. Yeah. Nah, no, Cornell's yeah. a little bit higher. No, Cor- no. Cornell's better than Lemmy. Lemmy was more an icon of an age. Nah. Now, Motorhead's badass. I don't. I don't deny. Yeah. I don't deny how badass Motorhead is. You're. you're, you're but I'm also gonna say that. Like I said, oh no, Cornell, Cornell is was, like the Jimmy is is like the Robert Plant Cor- of the nineties. You're gonna piss people Cor- off if you keep going. I, I don't no, no, there. there there's no doubt. Cornell was more talented, but I've Lemmy, got thirty five hundred albums in the other room. But but Motorhead just all of it worked. There there was n- there was not a piece of that that did not work together. Yeah, Motorhead is like Iron Maiden, but way more punk. Yeah. Yeah, I can, with I way, can with way less cheesy lyrics. Yes. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. Plus, I mean, you know, they... Like, it was like it was like a really cheap fantasy knockoff book going through Maiden lyrics, right? And Motorhead is just like badass 100% of the time. Plus, I mean, they wrote, they wrote the intro song for Triple H and they're, performed it. The Motorhead is definitely just... It's jammable. That's the thing. That's you can bob your head to Motorhead no yeah. matter who you are. Mm-hmm. And if you Pretty are much. twenty years old and you've never heard of Motorhead, you just need to listen to Motorhead. <laughs> yeah, just just Pick do it. Random three songs. Yep, and you'll probably like one of them, maybe two of them. Yeah, and if then, you like anything rock influence, like they're so influential. Yeah, and then either Soundgarden or Audio Slave because uh, Audio Slave's not in the same category. I'm just going to say that I think Audio Slave is decent, but Soundgarden is just Amazing. Yeah. I can understand. And, then I, and we're so far beyond the 90s that we can't say it was it's popular now. You know what I mean? Like, it's on the oldie station at this point. Like, Soundgarden is like the Led Zeppelin of the 90s. <laughs> it's on the it, that's true. Station. That's it's true, not, though. It's, it's totally true. The music I like is on the oldie station. It's just, it's a little bit catchier, a little bit less windy than Led Zeppelin, but there's a lot of Led Zeppelin influence with Soundgarden. And... They've got a lot of range. Oh, I mean, he's I mean, got a lot of range in the vocals, and the there, music has there, a lot of range. You've got Fourth of July. A, you got some of the origins of Sludge that come from from Soundgarden, and a lot of like the old. I'm just yeah. going to go down a rabbit but, trail here, but yeah, you are to be on. You already done. To be dude. honest, you're I saying to start that, another though. podcast about we're, music. I know, right? We're 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 halfway to, to fucking Wonderland right now. But. To be honest, though, there's there's a lot. Of, Zeppelin influences in a lot of that early '90s rock, though. Yeah, uh, grunge is that weird breakout. But yep. <laughs> but you know what? If uh, Radiohead does a stream, I think I'm going to search for see if Radiohead's doing anything. I'd really like ooh. to see a Radiohead stream. Yeah, that'd be a good one. That'd be a good one. Shit. Before all this stuff happened, like I had a like a in studio performance that they did of In Rainbows, and not my favorite album, but. There's some stuff on there I really like, and then watching them do it live. Like, if you haven't heard much Radiohead, like, realize that every album's pretty much different, but they went from being a basic grunge band to being this weird EDM rock band. And watching all the weird stuff they do with oscillators and things like that to where it's just them running stuff through physical loops versus program with some programming behind it right, is pretty fucking amazing. Um, they're artistic and a whole different side of things but anyways yeah sorry about the music talk guys dude <laughs> we went down a rabbit hole real quick but 
If you've listened to us for any length of time, you know that happens. So that video games, happen. I'm going to get back to that. Do it. Drusty. Oh yeah, my we God. talked about what I played yeah. an hour ago. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> about an before, hour ago. Before we went down the rabbit hole, Alice. Yeah. Yeah. So I decided, I decided, you know what? Uh, I was having some troubles last week. I think I was talking about uh, wanting to find a loot game or something, you know, some, some form of, you know, of uh, like a looter shooter to, you know, to play because, man, it's, it's just rough waiting for, basically I'm waiting for cyberpunk, just like, uh, just like you are. Uh, and nothing really, nothing else really like, you know, tickles the fancy so far. Um, so I hate to tell you this. You had to. What? You you missed Radiohead's live stream by a few months. Bummer. Oh, they, they had, had one, one back in May. Bummer. I wonder how much it was. That's okay. You could probably find. There's it not a new one internet. scheduled yet. You could probably find the recording someplace. Anyway, um, well, I missed the Mashuga one the other day, which pissed me off too. My God. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right. Go back, Rusty. Thank you. <laughs> Fuck you all. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, I decided that I was going to pick up a fucking game that I had tried about uh, about three years ago, three, four years ago, for maybe like 40 minutes. Um, and I was not in the right headspace for it. I picked up Path of Exile uh, again. Uh, so, Path of Exile, if you have not heard of this game, it's been around for six years now something like that um it is basically diablo 2 uh but better um it's not diablo 3 because it's not shit um the, i didn't <laughs> think it was shit <laughs> diablo 3 is kind of shit like the the way that they did uh the classes and and how the uh how everything works with diablo 3 it started you know blizzard started to try to MMO eyes the fucking you know Diablo formula and I didn't like that at all. Uh like each class had its own specific things that it could do and it couldn't do anything other than those specific things, right? Just you know you were very pigeonholed about how you played your character by the choice that you made in the first minute of booting up the game. What class you played so I was like, okay, let me go ahead and try PoE because, and I'm I'm gonna just call it PoE from now on because it's that's the way that it's it's talked about online. Uh, but uh, so when I picked up PoE, I, the one thing that you know that caught my attention was you have like basically an unlimited number of builds that you can do with this game, uh, and of course some are better than others, and if you look at the the passive skill tree, you remember um, the sphere grid from fucking Final Fantasy X? Yeah. Uh, it's, it reminded me of that in the complexity of how things were laid out. It's just like this massive, you can't ever get all of the skills. So you kind of had to choose your own path through the skill, you know, through a skill tree like that. And that allows you to fine tune and build certain things for your character. So each character that you start with has an archetype like Ranger is, oh my God, uh, Ranger is, you know, more of like your ranged bow user, 
you know, class. Uh, and it doesn't have to be that way. You don't have to play just with a bow. You can do rangers with claws or you can do like rangers with, you know, with traps or things like that. The thing is, is with PoE, you end up picking up skill gems that allow you to have the same skills as any other character in the game. So you can build a a bow user that uses, you know, a fireball, for instance, uh, or or something along those lines. And it allows you to do a lot of interesting, you know, builds that you can use certain abilities from other characters that would be the uh, the archetype of other characters in your uh, in your character build, which give but, you you know give you some flexibility. Let me ask you something because this is where I bounced off the last time I fired it up. Yeah. Um, I looked at the sphere grid and I was like, I don't even know where to go. So the the one thing that uh, that Poe has you know going against it is that it is a very complex game, like. Diablo 3, approachable. You know what you're getting into when you cl- uh, click on the Sorceress, for instance. You're going to have a spellcaster, right? Uh, when you pick up and play PO- uh, PoE from the very beginning, you pick up a, you know, I go, I'm going to keep going back with a ranger because that's what I'm playing right now. You pick up a ranger. The first thing you pick up is a sword. Uh, so you're like, what? You don't start with a weapon. You don't start with any skills. You just start as the character model, and that's it. You know, a character model and an idea is what you start with. Uh, and you build your character the way that you want to build it. Uh, so, you know, it it is really... It's tough to get into. That's the thing. The first, uh, I would say, the first 10 hours of that game is... What the fuck am I doing? Where am I going? What skills should I be getting? Things like that. Uh, so one of the uh, the things that I, I would do if you're looking to pick up Path of Exile for the first time uh, is look for, specifically look for on, uh, on, like a, on YouTube, look for a video that is about at most 15 to 20 minutes long. That is the like a POE beginner guide. The cut down, like this is what you should be looking for type version of uh, of the introduction to the game. Watch that video. You, there's plenty of beginner guides that are like an hour or two hours long, and I can't I can't recommend any of those because and you're like, who's gonna sit there and watch a two hour video of how to play a game? Right? And if reading all of these guides make you super emo, Goo Goo Dolls will be streaming on October 24th. <laughs> yeah, we got Jason on a rabbit hole. He And he, he can't actually, get out of it. Yeah, he reminded me that Guar's doing a show at the end of the month on Halloween for 15 bucks. <laughs> the only problem with Guar is like Guar's in a... Like Ooh. live Guar's kicks ass, but like you need to be at Guar with a white t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> What are you gonna and again, do? old band, but does the fake blood and jizz and everything else. I was all about to say, what are you going to do when you're fucking watching Guar online? You're going to fucking wear your white t-shirt and pour some fucking red Kool-Aid on yourself? 
Let me get out the super soak again. Nostalgia row, right? Get out the squirt gun and load it up with like Kool Aid and just spray myself. Yeah, right. <laughs> just just to get the uh, just to get the stained shirt out of it, huh? Um, I mean, God I, damn! I was looking through the rest of the concerts for the year, and most of them are shit. Gonna, I'll well, be I, mer- I remember so. Me and the first Guarca show I went to, and I won't oh go God. into this. I wrote Guar on a white T-shirt with a magic marker, and went to the show and got covered in shit, and then came out with that nasty ass shirt. The problem is you couldn't wash it with anything because it would stain everything else, which I learned the hard way. <laughs> Anyways, continue. Oh, thank you. Um. <clears throat> anyway. So when you're emo, when you're when you're emo and you want to play pacify, I don't know where you were going with this, but man, you really broke my brain. Um, <laughs> video game podcast. You can all take, these oh all these starter guides will turn you emo real quick. Well, they're they're actually they're it, just to get through you know, get into the game is you know is a daunting task to ask for anybody because this game has been built on itself over years you know and the uh there's a lot of different systems in it that is introduced kind of sequentially as you go along um which is okay but they're all very complex uh you can get go really deep into a lot of these different systems but the base game is just like diablo 2 only with like the final fantasy 10 sphere grid so my my suggestion to you, if you're picking up Path of Exile for the first time ever, uh, watch one of those videos and then look around there and just type in PoE build guides, you know, into a search. Look for something, you know, say you know that there's there's uh, six different classes in the game, uh, and I can't name them off the top of my head because I'm not that far into it, but. Uh, I knew I wanted to play a range class, so I was picking up Ranger because it's in the name. Easy. And I said, okay, look for Ranger build guides and went, you know, went for one that looked fine. Look for one as a video of somebody playing at a high level and see if that's kind of where you want to go. Um, and then, uh, you will be able to find a, uh, a build guide and, uh, there is there is a program, a separate program that you can download for the uh, for you know for this game. Now, mind you, everything because it needs that. Everything about this game is you know is complex. Like trying to f- find out exactly what path you're going to take. You're on... not you're not selling me, Rusty. Well, think about it. Think about the you know you saw the skill tree, right? I absolutely okay. Like if you think Grim Dawn's is complex, like look at Path of Exile. Path of Exile's skill tree is super complex. What you want to be able to do outside of the game, and not, you know, it's not built into the game, so somebody had to build a tool for it outside of the game, right? And it's not the first time you've seen something like this, you know, happen. But for Path of Exile, there is an offline. Um, builder tool that you can use to uh to build out your path through the skill tree and because you can build your own path through the skill tree 
people who have you know who are really deep into the game and know a lot about the game can build out a you know optimized path through the skill tree for that character archetype or that build for uh you know that they're aiming for and it will give you all the stats what you know uh, what things that you should be going for uh it has target items so that you can kind of you know look for specific items as you level up or specific types of items uh and kind of gives you a good path to take through that fucking massive skill tree so whenever you level up it's not a half an hour of looking through all of the available nodes and saying "Mm, this one looks good and finding out that that one isn't what you want for your build later on so for me finding a guide and then just following that guide made things way way more approachable for me sure it requires a separate program, but that separate program is actually kind of nice. It's a, it's it's complex in itself, but it's basic in its use. You can use it just like any other guide, and there's no good way to say, pick this node, then pick this node, then pick this node, because that is difficult to fucking do when you've got, like, fucking a thousand fucking options in front of you. You know, you just want to have a visual guide of where to go. And this is a good visual guide. So watch a video, pick a build guide, follow it, and then have your fun. Because that's that's pretty much the, the way to play this game now. Um, because it's so fucking complex. And by complex, I mean every three months, Grinding Gear Games, which is the developer for this game, uh, they've been updating this game for like five or six years, right? Right. Every three months, they come out with a new league. Now, if you've played Diablo, you kind of know what a league is, uh, which is a short period of time where progression is basically reset to, you know, to a, you know, zero level and in, in, poe what they do with these leagues is they introduce a new mechanic and this is grinding gears games way of a shotgun approach of new adding new uh new things to the game new features to the game um the current uh the the current league is called heist and it adds a mechanic where you end up going to like a a a hub area and you take on missions for a uh, for a thieves guild kind of group, and your objective is to take yourself and one of the thieves guild members into a uh, into a lockdowned area and steal an item, and then try to get out alive. And in the process of doing that, you pick up a lot of items that are contraband while you're in there. And while, you know, and that means that all of these items you can't use until you successfully escape. So, and if you die in there, you drop all of your contraband items, so you don't get anything. So you have to kind of, it's a risk reward situation and there's a lot of different like variables that could go into it. Like some of the enemies are stronger or there's more of them or there's more locked doors or things like that. 
And uh, the these types of mechanics is only available in this league. If this works and there's a good reaction to it, and they kind of tweak it as the league goes on, if the uh, if the player reaction to the league mechanic is good, then it gets added to the main game. And then every character that's played in the the heist league gets transported over at the end of the league time frame, which is that three-month window, to the core game. And then a new league will come out with a new mechanic of some sort. So they constantly, continually add new mechanics and it's kind of a way to reset reset everything because you're looking at a game that's around for six years. The core game is around for six years. If you started in the core game, you've got to contend with people who have progressed for six years. But if you start in a league, the most that people would have progressed is three months. You know, so they're more on your level, right? It's a it's it's actually easier to get into on the league. So I'm playing on the league and it's actually, uh, it's not bad. I, I don't mind the heists. It's, it's, a, it's actually fairly rewarding early on. So you can get a lot of unique items and stuff like that and get more power. Um, but the downside of, of that is there's a lot of stuff that's stuck from the base game, you know, in these leagues. So basically every act that you go through introduces one or two new mecha- uh, new mechanics like there's a thing called delve which is basically a mine that you have to dive as deep as possible for greater rewards uh but the enemy types get harder and harder as you go um and there's like there's a a menagerie of monsters where randomly you'll end up finding monsters that you can capture in the wild with the help of a hunter and then you end up fighting them in an arena for a reward of some sort you know all of these different things keep getting kind of added on to each other which means that there's more emergent gameplay as you go along so it's not just run through this map get to the next area beat the boss continue with the story you might run through this map, find one of those monsters. The hunter pops up and says, hey, we need to hunt three more of these. Huh, okay, let me go ahead and find the other three. Boom, quest complete. Now I've got things that I can do later. You know, I can go to the menagerie and then fight these things for a reward or like a uh, an augment for an item or something like that. Items is a big problem, though, because if you add that many things you end up with lots of stuff to store in an inventory of some sort and that's where poe being a free-to-play game kind of gets you there's only one microtransaction that i would recommend from uh, for people who play this game and that is stash tabs you know add more stash tabs easy um everything else is cosmetic so if you end up picking up this game, it's completely free to play. It's possible to play. You get five, five stash tabs at the beginning of the game with no, you know, no obligation really, or four, I think four, uh, with no obligation. Um, but if you end up playing the game for more than twenty hours, I would say you're gonna want 
more stash tabs and you can pick them up for relatively inexpensively. Like even if you spent like, you know, a total of 60 bucks, which is the most I would think that anybody sanely would want to play a game for a pay for a game. Um, you would be able to pick up more stash tabs than you would, you know, than you would normally need for a playthrough. It's just when you end up getting past the 60 hour mark, that's, that's when things, you know, you would want to probably get more stash tabs than, than that. But yeah, it's, it's just, I mean, yeah, it's got microtransactions, but it's almost 100% cosmetic. I'd say 99% cosmetic because the stash tabs aren't necessarily cosmetic, but I, I digress. Um, I'm finding a lot of fun with it, though. I mean, I was looking for a loot game, and this game has basically loot explosions where you kill something and it just basically fills your screen with loot to the point where you have to have a loot filter to filter out all the junk. You know, uh, it's <laughs> it's a thing. It's built into the game, too, so... I would suggest using it. Another thing that you can actually configure offline and download. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's worth actually picking up for me. Uh, and it's probably something that I'll be playing for at least the next couple weeks until cyberpunk comes out. I don't blame you. I think we're all going to have a different menagerie of things we're going to play and I'm going to float all over the place. I was going to talk a little bit more about outer worlds, but I didn't get that far in that this week. Yeah. It's, it, I just kept bouncing off of everything else, and this is the only thing that stuck, so I'm, I'm just going to go with it. So, with that, let's take a break, guys. We'll be back. All right. back yeah we had to kind of step her outside jason's ass cheeks were sore you know yeah, he looks like yeah, yeah he's, he's in like total dad mode with the glasses and sweatpants right now <laughs> he really is he's either like he's either a dad or a creep at a at a at a, at a, a strip club very mature fucking I mean, harry potter i am wearing my deadpool like maximum effort sweatpants over here i have never wore sweatpants to this podcast ever you are most definitely a dad i don't i don't own a pair actually of sweatpants anymore. they're not no, sweatpants i own four um and that's, they sure look like them they're they're fucking <laughs> they're fucking sleep pants dude uh, what's a sleep pants? sleep yeah it's no, a pajama oh sleep not sleek oh sleep. a pajama so sleek they are not so, so you're wearing yeah. pajama pants to the podcast I Great, am. awesome! You're 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 like you're. I I couldn't find my shorts something. and uh, and I wanted to be comfortable. So you're very comfortable. I am. Hey. I'm also very sleepy. So so we're you're wearing th- your pajamas. You can pass out right whenever you want, fucker. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing we haven't talked a lot about is Baldur's Gate three. Yeah, there's uh, there's a couple things with Baldur's Gate three, uh, level cap of four and Act one, and that's what you can play right now. Pretty much the problem, with the plan of not releasing it until this time or later next year. For the you know, if you want the full game, you have to wait till about this time next year. 
Um, they'll be adding new acts and more levels as they get them ready, I guess. Uh, but it's basically a paid beta at the moment. And I burned myself out really hard with Divinity 2. Um, and it took like a good six month leg for me to get to a spot where I wanted to play it again. And I don't want to do that to myself with Baldur's Gate. I, I won't. Uh, I want to play Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, it's just, I want to also play the entirety of Baldur's Gate 3. And yeah, and I don't want to feel like I'm like stopping at a quarter of the way to max level. Right. And and I don't want to have to start and stop again. You know, with those games it's you have to kind of know where you're if at. If it was heading. if it was if it was a roguelike, right? Where it was like Maybe. a game like an XCOM, let's say XCOM I had like twenty five percent features. Where it had a definitive end and you picked up later. Yeah. Yeah. Um I could do that because it's a campaign based game, right? Like say civilization. Right? Like, you have three empires unlocked and you can play it. Yeah, I'd probably play that. But Baldur's Gate's a story-based RPG. Granted, lots of options, but I don't want to have already exhausted all of them Yeah. before I jump into the main game a year later. And I don't feel like dropping 60 bucks on it right now. I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm probably going to wait until... You know, about this time next year. It'll be a next year game. Even though they say it's released here, uh, this year, uh, I don't. I don't take that as the full release date. I will actually even argue for you know for game of the year uh, talk, saying that it's going to be a next year release because I will only consider it fully released once all of the uh, all the contents available. The funny thing is, is they've been very quickly patching the game <laughs> since it released about a week ago. Well, and now they're in the public eye. They've got to, and they released a tweet saying that they couldn't get their hands on a 3080 for testing. What? So they sent out a tweet saying, hey, we still don't have one. At this point, we're pretty sure you guys made up the RTX 3080. Prove it exists by sending us one. Right. <laughs> hey. But they need they don't have one to test, and they've been relying on user feedback and um, different bug reports to fix graphical quirks of the 3080 because... If they don't have an internal 3080 to test with, that's that's saying something, man. NVIDIA, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, like, just... All I'm saying to you, Rusty, is just give up until the... I have. Until the Radeon card comes well, out. To so be I, honest... I've, I've given up till next year uh, yeah. at this point. So I, mean, I bought... You know, I, I went out and I did what I said I was going to do as I was going to you know buy myself a new chair which was a good portion of what I had budgeted. Um, and that chair is going to come out, uh, come in in December. I bought a secret labs chair. So it's, it's one of those you pre-order things. So I said, I am probably not going to even have an opportunity to touch one of these 3080s until December or later. Uh, and that is, that's just the way that it's going to be. So I've resigned myself to that. The forums and the uh, and the Discord that I'm on that have been hunting 3080s since release, a lot of people are being uh, are just demoralized right now. They're like, "There's no way." Like the the latest drop was one 3090 and four 3080s. Right. Well, and there's a there's a reason why recognizing that they're. Uh that their website's been a weakness. Uh, NVIDIA has been moving to 
um, exclusive retailers. Yep. Uh, for their Founders Edition cards. Best Buy is the only uh, place that you can buy them in the United in States. In the U.S. And uh, I found the article earlier today, but I can't find it again, um, what other retailers there were. But basically, they're selecting one select retailer per region. In, in all the regions to sell their cards because of the issues they've had with their website and stock. But the problem is there isn't anything that, you know, there isn't anything to have. The The thing is, is I, I've been kind of like doing some mental math, right? Uh, there's a couple sources out there, a couple places like EVGA, for instance, um, EVGA uh, has uh, a guy on Twitter that, says kind of what their stock is like at the moment, uh, what they're able to push out. And they said at the top end, you know, I, I can't quote the tweet cause it's not right in front of me, but the, at the top end, like if everything was working perfectly, they could maybe make a thousand cards a week. Maybe. Um, when you've got a demand in the millions a thousand cards from one uh, from one AIB is not going to cut it. Cut it. It's just not. Uh, and that's spread out. Like, you know, a good portion of those are going to like integrated system builders that I've already had orders in for months. Uh, there's a good portion of those that are going to brick and mortar stores. You know, there's uh, those have to be spread out to all of the different e-tailer manu- you know, e-tailer outlets across the world. Uh, and, you know, and they're also reserving some of them for their, uh, for their online sale because, uh, EVGA specifically EVGA has the, uh, the digital queue system based off of the auto notify. Uh, so those, those cards are going out and there's actually a spreadsheet going on on the internet right now. Somebody's got a Google doc set up so that anybody can basically report when they set up their auto notify and when they got the EVGA email to say, yes, I got an email the and my card is on its way or they haven't gotten an email yet. So you can kind of see where you're at in the queue because that's kind of, that was not as uh, transparent as most people would want it, you know, because, you know, for me, my, I didn't set up auto notify on release day. I waited until I think, October 6th to put my auto notify in. There's probably a good couple thousand people in front of me, you know, in, you know, in line for these cards. But I would only know that based off of that, you know, that user, you know, that right. user made. And it also know, depends on who, how many of those same folks put that thing in that spreadsheet, I'm sure. Well, the, uh, the information, the, the timestamp for that is available on EVGA, but only for yourself. Uh, so you can put in the, the specific date and time. So some of those entries are like a couple seconds apart. Uh, so Wait, I, does anybody know what the length of time on the wait is right now? Um, the Because they've had, I think there's been two waves of emails since this spreadsheet had been you know created. Um, they have a really rough estimate right now. Uh, and it's somewhere between 
seven to 10 cards are being sent out in an email. And these are just the people that had reported to those, you know, to the spreadsheet, right? It's not everybody. Um, but it's estimated about seven to 10 cards are being, you know, are being made available through this, uh, through this queue each week. Uh, seven to 10 cards, seven to 10 cards a week, a week. So, well, like, is this going to be 2023 by the time you get your card? So, the way that they're, uh, they have it averaged out right now is if everybody got an email at the maximum of the, you know, of the average, which is 10, um, then everybody on that list currently would be getting an email sometime by the middle of next year. <laughs> So, uh, so there, uh, that's going out till like June or July of 2021 is what the Jesus Christ. Is. Um, it may not be because, you know, production might ramp up and more cards might become available and things like that, but I'm not really looking forward to actually getting an email anytime soon from them. Uh, you know, saying that as a, car- a card's available, I'm hoping that I have one by then, but Whatever you know, at this point, it's, it's at this just point I'm just going to put it show. on my wedding registry. So I mean, <laughs> you can do that, and it might be available by that time. Um, another another thirty eighty story from from my because uh, I watch this shit all the time, right? Um, Dell actually did a uh, did a drop, which is which was uh, a, a thing. So. Dell put on their website that you could order. Uh, it was an MSI uh, gaming trio, I think it was the 3080. Uh, they were charging uh, about 125 to 150 dollars more than MSRP for it, uh, but they kept it on their website for a significant period of time, like six hours, something like that. Uh, and if you know how fast shit has been going on these websites, you know, on these websites in about 10 to 30 seconds, any, you know, anymore, uh, the stock is gone before most people can actually get through the checkout. Uh, so anything staying up for anything, any length of time after that, you're like, okay, there's something going on here. Either they have all of the cards. Or they're doing a pre, like a uh, pre-order or something like that, or somebody fucked up. So the uh, the forums that I uh, I was watching, I didn't I didn't bite because a it's over MSRP, and b it's Dell, uh, and, yeah. and and c it's an it's the MSI card that I don't want. Um, but. Th- the other things that was kind of throwing red flags was it's up for a lot longer than it should have been. So a lot of, you know, a lot of the speculation was, oh, they're going to take a bunch of orders and it's just going to be a pre, you know, like a back order type thing. Or, uh, or they're going to take a bunch of orders and cancel them. It's kind of right. Um, Dell is basically, they're canceling some orders, but they've charged everybody. And what they did was, uh, 
they they were doing some kind of like financing options and stuff like that where you can get some cash back or whatever the fuck whatever the deal was. I never looked really close into it because I knew for sure I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna bite. Um, but most people have holds on their cards and shit like that from Dell, and they you know and the order's been canceled. It's basically a shit show on Dell's part as well. Uh, financially, these people are out like nine hundred dollars because that's on uh it's on hold and they have to get it fucking un unheld by their bank and it's a nightmare uh so uh yeah so 3080 is not getting any better man and it's kind of crazy that you know game developers who are i mean the whole reason these cards exist right are not getting first dibs at you know at least a sample of them yeah i mean Baldur's gate 3 is a major release right now. So I'm really surprised that NVIDIA hasn't invested in making sure their card runs on Boulder's Gate. I'm sure that somebody at NVIDIA is going to see that tweet and say, you know what? We could probably hold one back for your studio. You know, you need to have at least one of major studios that probably don't have one at this point. Oh, for sure. I mean, I mean, just, Going through the 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 shit show of this fucking launch of uh, of uh, graphics gener uh, graphics card generation is just it, it just compounds as time goes on, but like you kind of knew that it wasn't going to be that great when the news re- uh, news actually broke that the card makers the partner card makers the AIBs didn't even have a working bios for the card when they were manufacturing the cards yeah i mean nvidia didn't give them a working bios to work with so these cards were just made based off of the spec and their cooler design and that's it and then they made them work with the bios later well as interested as we are in this you guys will continue to hear more about this as this saga continues oh yeah it's i mean i'm not going to be nearly as like you know hard up for a fucking card but it's still a saga to listen to because it's it's concerning for a lot of people uh i will say in better news um i was looking at a noita 1.0 trailer and realized that noita just came out yesterday oh wow okay so we've talked a little bit about that if you're curious it's n o i t a it's just a dungeon crawler side scrolling wizard game. Yeah, it's the it's the it's one where all... you pick up a bunch of like randomly generated wands that have uh different, you know, like projectiles. It's the one that's uh Every um, Pixel is simulated. Yeah, that's every pixel game. is simulated. That's the one. The the fucking um falling sand game and stuff like that. You know, different fire effects and water effects and stuff like that. So I may see I'm not gonna commit to it right now because I really like XCOM, but we shall see if I dive in a Noita 1.0. I did pick it up, so if it's uh, if it's actually at uh, 1.0 release, then I should just get the update. Um, so that'll be interesting. It's a it's a fun little you know the the gameplay sessions for that are fairly short because you know if you're like me, you die really really quickly. Um, and if you're like me, who's a kind of average at it, it lasts me about 30 to 40 minutes on my runs right now yeah it's still a decent you know short playthrough 
I don't got a whole lot else. Rusty, do you have anything really pending that you want to go through or Jason? Um, you... uh, I don't really have anything. We covered we covered it all with the uh with the cards. Yeah, the um, all of what I had. The the other things that you know that popped up over the week was I and these are just headlines basically. It's just uh Borderlands three is getting a second season pass, which is I mean, they're gonna they're gonna ring that dry, I'm sure. Uh but they're not gonna make a new game. I'm they're just gonna make more DLCs for it. Um there is some Torchlight three re- released recently. Yeah, Tor- Torchlight three released uh, in in full. It was actually released in in purchasable uh, about a month or two ago. Yeah, it was like an alpha, but now it's it's got its full release out, and it's not something that I'm going to be looking for because I'm already kind of invested in Poe right now as far as time investment is concerned. And I didn't like. I didn't like uh, Torchlight 2 very much. I like the original Torchlight, as basic as it was. But, <clears throat> you know, Torchlight 3 didn't, you know, didn't tickle my fancy. Um, let's see. Uh, the other looter shooter that I've been watching is Destiny 2 with the Beyond Light expansion. But I'm pretty sure that I'll get strung up if I play Destiny 2 again. Uh, so... Uh, you know, it's basically going to be the same. Well, yes, and maybe. Uh, Just don't let them string you along. Well, that's the way that the game pl- uh, plays, is it's going to string you along. Um, the, there are plenty of other games out there. I understand. I get it. You don't want me to stick on one fucking game for too long. That's just, But that's just the way I play games, is I play games until I'm, like, way done with them <laughs> and then never go back. Um, Destiny 2, I just ran into, ran out of things to do, so I, I stopped playing, which is what most people do anyway. Uh, Beyond Light basically decides to mix things up. I am kind of interested to see what the, where the story goes, but outside of that, it, that's coming out November 10th, and they did note that it will get a next gen upgrade. Uh, probably, uh, it says December eighth is where uh, where they're targeting the next uh, next gen console upgrade. So those people who are playing Destiny two on console will be able to experience uh, Destiny two and something greater than thirty FPS, which is game changing for that game. By the way, holy fuck, there is a big difference. So that's a that's that's something that. You know, people who are looking to buy those next gen consoles are gonna uh, are and like Destiny. They're they're gonna rejoice about that. That's gonna be that's gonna be huge for them. And that sounds like you know, that sounds like what they're gonna be doing with a lot of these uh, a lot of the games that are kind of stuck at thirty FPS on the current gen um, consoles. They'll be doing the free upgrade path to the next gen and you know upgrading it to at least sixty FPS, and that's just gonna be huge. Um, Fair enough, but that's pretty much uh, that's pretty much all I've got. Well, Jason, where can you find us? Find us at tiltcast.com. Find us on Facebook and Twitter.com/slash tiltcast. 
our YouTube channels, youtube.com slash TheRealTiltCast, and search for us on iTunes and Spotify. And find some friends of the show. We've got For the Love of Gaming. We've got Pubcast. We've got NoQuarters.net, BMFCast.com, and TVGP.TV. They play games with anime. And with that, it's the end of the show. All right. Peace.